All right, welcome to the show today. We got a good one for you. It is championship fantasy football weekend. I'm Frank B, Fantasy Wire HQ Studios. Thanks for jumping on. This will be the last show of 2020. We'll be on to some good stuff for 2021. Follow on Twitter at Fantasy Wire HQ. And today we got the quick cast. This is set up for championship mode. We're going to get you everything you need in under 30 minutes. I'm going to try damn hard to. And uh, as always, it's a no-edit freestyle pod. I just put it out there each week like we're hanging out, talking football at the bar. If you've got specific lineup questions, be sure to post up on Twitter. Uh, hit me anytime. We'll talk about lineup player A versus player B, all that fun stuff. Hit the DMs, whatever you want to do. So today I'll lay it out for you. We're going to do some championship game talk, a little fantasy football lineup advice, what to do in the championship game. We'll start with some DFS plays that I like this week. Then we'll move on to the fantasy play, starts and sits, sleepers, busts, caution plays, all that good stuff. I'll give you a quick Pro Bowl take because that really chaps my ass right now. I'm, I'm sick of this Pro Bowl stuff. i got to give you a quick take on that. And yeah, like I said, last episode of the year, so let's knock it out. Let's talk about some players, some fantasy football. Let's win some championships here. So starting off, I'm going to say on the Pro Bowl, listen, I keep seeing all this Pro Pro Bowl snub, Twitter, player, my team, this, this guy deserves it, this guy doesn't deserve it. And I posted just a quick thing about Robert Tunyon and Evan Ingram. Do I like the Packers? Yeah, I live out here. It's my team. And not seeing Tunyon get in there when the guy leads with, what's he got, like 10-plus touchdowns for the year. Um, stats are very similar but the consistency, the team, everything else, whatever, Engram gets in, Tunyon does not. Listen, the Pro Bowl is garbage no matter what because you're letting the fans vote on the players. I mean, the fans are the fans. They're always going to nail their home team players. Whoever, It's just like American Idol and all the stupid-ass singing shows. They're going to dial it up, hashtag it a million times, whatever you got to do, hit the algorithms, get their guy voted, and, hey, my guy's a Pro Bowler. So when I hear... A broadcast say, oh, look at player B. He is a uh, pro bowl player. I put no stock in that. That literally means nothing. It means nothing to me when it's a Hall of Fame. Yeah, okay, guy's a Hall of Famer. He's an all-decade team member. Look at, um, oh my God, some of the all-decade guys. Leroy Butler for the Packers. He's up for uh, Hall of Fame this year. Safety, he should be in there. He's an all-decade team for the 90s, 2000s, what have you. Um, just a solid guy, but my take for the Pro Bowl, if you want to make the Pro Bowl legit and get any kind of prestige into this thing, 80% of that vote needs to come from the Hall of Fame players. The players that sit in the Hall of Fame, they need to vote. They're in there for a reason. They identify talent. They identify the consistency, the players that stand out year in and year out. Give them the bulk of that vote because they're the ones with the eye for it. The other 20%, you can divvy up between media and fans or whatever you want to do, do a popular vote if you want to swing it that way, whatever. But that's, to me, that's the only way the Pro Bowl will ever, ever have any kind of merit or credit in my eyes. So after that, we'll jump into the uh, fantasy advice for the championship round. For me, really short and sweet. And, and simple, I mean, enjoy the journey, right? Enjoy the journey that you spent in this hell of a 2020 year. It's been absolutely atrocious. I'm sick of COVID designations too, injuries, all that crap. It's just overwhelming, but you made it. If you're in, 
you did it. You outlasted, you outperformed, outwitted, just like Survivor, right? Just think of Survivor when they when the end of the credits roll and they're looking at the past players that were on the sticks in their picture. Oh, I remember Jen. She was an awesome competitor. Do that for your fantasy player. Look at some of those guys you dropped early in the season. Look at some of the ads that you took. Some players that got you over the hump, won you, you know, the close matchups. Just enjoy the journey. That's how I'm looking at it. I got eliminated in both uh, champion or prior playoff games here this last week. And that's fine. Whatever. It is what it is. You know, I had fun. Um, I definitely don't want to do this kind of a year again. I'll say that. I am honestly relieved it's over. Uh, I'm going to sit back and enjoy NFL as a fan and fantasy as a fan. So it's off my plate. It is what it is. I made it in two and I'm, I'm happy with that. Some of them I didn't even sniff and that's fine. It's, it's all, you learn different strategies, different things to do week in and week out. And other than that, like your lineups, it's a hard one to do. But it, it really goes to your personal belief as far as I'm looking across. Okay, I set my best lineup, and then I'm looking across at the person I'm playing, and I'm looking at their lineup. I look at a player, and I go, man, I don't know if my guy would beat that guy. Then I look at the bench, and I go, maybe I got a bench guy that would beat that guy. To me, when I those are tough decisions, and when I get in those tough decisions, I look at A, consistency, and B, ceiling. Which one is more important to you? Do you value the consistency of a player and say, well, this guy's been pretty consistent. He's been averaging 12 points. I think he can get me a win against that opponent this week. Or do you go, God, I don't know if 12 points would cut it this week against this guy. He's got a good matchup. I need the ceiling. And then you play the ceiling. guy. I, I typically go to the ceiling because I want to throw it all out there. Let him hang. Whatever it is, I'm going all out. I did it this week in the, the team that I got eliminated with. I had Keenan Allen, and he had, what, two points, right? So I'm not going to make up a 10-plus point deficit against my opponent. But my flex play, I was debating prior to either Michael Pittman from the Colts or Kiki QT for the Texans, right? I'm looking at it. I'm going, well, Pittman's been pretty consistent. He hasn't been the greatest, but he's been consistent at least for 8 to 10 points. He's got a good matchup. Give him a little more. Or QT, who was up and down, roller coaster. He could boom. He could bust. I went with QT, got me 14 fantasy points or whatever it was against Pittman. So that was the right choice. I feel good. Even if it went the other way, I'd look at it and go, well, hey, you got to you gotta throw something out there, right? Don't, don't do the normal. Try to think outside the box, right, I guess. So stuff like that. It comes down to you and what your gut says. Always go with your gut. Bottom line, that's my tried and true. Number one, go with your gut because you'll be kicking yourself if you don't. And it, it's a terrible feeling. So try that. Good luck this week. And hey, I hope you nail it. Thanks for all the conversation along the way and interaction on Twitter. I appreciate it. That's great stuff as always. And now let's jump into some starts and sits here for the week. These are some guys talking about in DFS that I, I'm just looking at a few stacks this week. Before we go, I've got promo codes on Twitter, uh, some cashback stuff on FanDuel. If you sign up, you can get a match back into your deposit. DraftKings, just hit the links. They'll take you there. But for DraftKings this week, I was looking at a couple stacks I like. Matt Ryan for 5,800 and Calvin Ridley for 8,500 against KC. I think that's a pretty good stack in a game that might get go to the air. You never know. Um, even Trubisky and A-Rob. I, I don't like Trubisky, but for 5,700, take him. Give him A-Rob for 7,700 against a terrible Jacksonville team and then build around that wide receiver flex kind of group there. I like that. Running backs this week, I like Derrick Henry. He's the you know the king of the king right there, 9,600 against the Packers. I think he's going to shred them. David Montgomery for 7,700 against the Jags. They're ranked 30th. 
Um, he's averaging 25 a game. I like Demo. He's come on strong at the end of this fantasy season, too. He's been a great addition. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, 6,700 against the Cards. The Cards are ranked 24th. He's grabbing around 20 points per game since week 13. And I know the quarterback situation is jacked up in San, Fr San Francisco, but he's getting the targets. He's getting the looks, so give it to him. I'll roll with him. I'm not scared of, of the quarterback deal. Tight end, I said Robert Tunyon. Five straight games with a touchdown, 5,100, and he's going up against Tennessee. He should definitely uh, fill your need there at tight end. And Logan Thomas, 4,900 against the Panthers. The targets are there for this guy. He hasn't had a touchdown since week 13. To me, that's due theory, and he's due, so I'll take Thomas in at a, uh, at a steal. That's a steal, 4,900 at the tight end spot. Normal fantasy. Let's let's talk championship here. Championship. Oh my good, goodness gracious! Quarterback Jalen Hurts. Is this guy a league winner or what? He he could be. I really do. I really do think he could be. He's fantasy's QB two since he took over from Carson Wentz. He's averaging twenty eight points a game. He's going to get a Cowboys defense that's improved of late. But look at the names, right? You you look at Dallas and you're like, hey, they helped three of their last four opponents to uh, thirteen quarter. 13 points or less in fantasy, but who are the players? Alex Smith, Brandon Allen, Nick Mullins, okay. Uh, they still allow the 12th most points to quarterbacks this year, plus they've been pretty susceptible to mobile quarterbacks. If you look back at that Lamar Jackson play and Kyler Murray this season, he shredded them, so I love Jalen Hurts this week. I think you can fire him up. Baker Mayfield, he's averaging 324 passing, 10 touchdowns, one pick over the last three games, and Points-wise, you're looking at 25-plus in the column for him there. Over the last four weeks, the Jets, they've allowed an average of 25 to quarterbacks. It's pretty much most in the NFL. So I think Baker could have a great game for you this week. I'd definitely start him. The uh, combination of Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, I'm, I'm staying away from both of these guys in fantasy. Derek Carr literally costed me the playoff game last week. I had him in there. And he exited early, first quarter with the injury. I don't think he's going to play. He wants to play. Keep an eye on it. I, I really doubt he does. Either way, I don't like either of these guys. Mariota, you look at him and you go, it's tempting because it's a matchup against Miami, but they've got that no-name defense. They're, I, I think that's too much risk if you want to play Mariota. Maybe he could come through for something, a little something, but I don't think he gets you anything respectable in the point columns this week. I mean, he's kind of like Jalen Hurts, right? He's going to scramble. He's going to pick up stuff with his feet, but it gives him a decent floor. I don't think it's enough. Sleeper potential Trubisky. I, I gave you him at the FanDuel or the DraftKings play this week, but he's going up against the Jags. I don't, I think he's more sleeper status this week because if I have him, I don't know if I want to hedge my bets on him winning me a championship, right? That's pretty ballsy, but, um, Jacksonville, they've allowed an average of 24 points to the quarterbacks over the last eight. And he's got a hot running back to set up play action. I mean, they've got a defense has got to respect that run game, which would open up some stuff for him a little bit in the passing game. So I don't, if you want to roll with them, take a chance, see what happens. I've got caution on uh, Ryan Tannehill facing the Packers. He's coming off a five touchdown performance, 19 points in three of his last four. Packers are allowing the ninth fewest points to quarterbacks in 2020. How? I don't know because the defense just doesn't make sense to my eyeballs when I watch it. Um, they've surrendered 15 points to the position over the last three games. I don't know why you even play. I mean, if you have Henry or Han 
sorry, if you have Tannehill and he's your best bet, yeah, obviously you're going to play him. If you've got some options at quarterback and you can't decide between him and somebody else, I don't even know why I want to play him because they're going to let Derrick Henry run the ball. That's their identity. This team knows their identity, and that's what the Packers haven't really faced this year. I don't know if it's coaching, just trying to get too cute with it, and they get away from what works. Like Miles Sanders, if the Eagles would have stayed with Sanders, they would have won the game. I, Derrick Henry, why do you not put him on the ground and just say, go get it? I think he shreds the Packers this week. So Tannehill would get you some points. He's not awful. But I, I like, I'd have to go with somebody else if I've got a better option there. Running backs. David Montgomery, like I said, he's averaged 26 points per game over the last four weeks. That ties Derrick Henry for the highest average at the running back position in fantasy. That's pretty cool. Over that span, he hasn't scored fewer than 24 in any game. He's coming off a 32-attempt game, and now he's going to get Jacksonville that allows the second-most fantasy points to running backs over the past month, opposing running backs that have rushed for fewer than 120 yards against Jacksonville over the last three games. No, Nobody. They're, they're hitting 100-plus, 120. I love Montgomery. You can lock him in. Tony Pollard, this is a big, big just kick to the groin here because I don't know, if, if you're a Zeke guy or you're trying to get Pollard off of waivers, do you wait around for Zeke and then have the chance of losing somebody else if Zeke's playing? or You know what I mean? It, it's just a conundrum. I, it's hard to say because Zeke wants to go. Do they let him go? He had limited practice, and that kind of gives me an edge that he would play. It's hard to say. He's averaged, what was it, Tony Pollard. He made some plays that I don't know if I've seen Zeke make this year. He's just having a down year. And this was his pretty much his first career start, right? Pollard touches the ball 18 times. He finishes his top score for the week, 31 points, two touchdowns. He got targeted. If I, what I like to see is that he was targeted nine times in that pass game. If, if. If Zeke win, misses another week, you win with Pollard. Put him in there, get him, grab him. It's just hard to say. If you take a chance in waivers to get him now and Zeke plays, you're sitting with Pollard, you got an empty spot, you're not going to do anything with him. That's the call you got to make. It's hard. It's really hard. You got to go with your gut. Um, but to me, if Pollard is in there, I think he's a, a complete running back too against Eagles. They've allowed at least one rushing touchdown to an opposing running back in every single game since they came off their Week 9 bye. So either way, Zeke's a good play for a touchdown. Pollard I like more. But, man, that's you gotta see, you got to keep your eye on that injury wire, practice updates, all that good stuff, and keep an eye on what Zeke is going to do. It's really hard to say. Other running backs, um, a guy that I, I'm not really high on this week is Mike Davis going up against the Washington team. McCaffrey's out. He's going to remain out. Um, the defense, though, they're no joke. They've allowed the third fewest points to running backs this year. They've allowed two rushing touchdowns to the position over the last seven games. So if they're going to shut down Mike Davis, is Teddy Bridgewater going to win it on his arm? If he does, then that's DJ Moore territory. I like DJ Moore, right? You'd have to like Moore a lot this week if you believe that Teddy Bridgewater is going to win that game on his arm because the Washington D they can shut down the run game. No joke. And I like Mike Davis, but it's, it's one or the other in this matchup. It all depends on how you view the real life scenario of this NFL game, how it's going to go down sleeper potential here. I like Gus Edwards against the giants, JK Dobbins. 
He's taking on the lead back duties, but if you look at Gus Edwards, he's not far behind him. Um, it's the biggest thing that jumps out at me at these two running backs is that the Ravens use Gus Edwards in the goal line plays more so, especially when Mark Ingram's not in there or in the rotation, than they do with Dobbins. Dobbins gets him down the field. He moves the chains. He's got the big play potential. I love both of these guys, but I'm going to give the slight, slight edge to Gus Edwards only because he's the goal line back. Um, the Giants have allowed three total touchdowns to running backs over the past two weeks and the ninth most points to the position all season. So I'll give an edge to Edwards. I like both of these guys. You can't go wrong with either, but um, I, I give it to old Gus Bus there. And then a caution play. I've got Le'Veon Bell at the Falcons here. You're, if you have CEH, he's out. You're going to have to use Bell if you've got him or you managed to get him or if you had both guys. And if you've had CEH all season, then you know how inconsistent and frustrating the Chiefs' running game has been. So if you look at Atlanta, they're allowing the eighth fewest points to running backs this year. And when I look at the matchup, is this a warm-up game or kind of like a showcase that Andy Reid comes out and says, hey, if there, if we don't have Clyde, then Bell is our guy. And he's going to be our lead dog. He's going to get the carries. He's going to tote the rock all game. And he's not going to committee him into everybody else they have. I don't know. It's a tough call. I really don't know how that plays out. I don't know why you wouldn't because Bell is a stud running back. He's been, he was just on the wrong team with the Jets, obviously. And uh, now that he's in KC... That guy can go off. He's he's a workhorse. He's had he's been a workhorse in Pittsburgh. So it like I said, again, it comes down to your football IQ. What does your gut tell you on a real life matchup? Would they use him all game long? I, I kind of think they would. We'll see what Andy Reid does this week. The wide receivers. I love Marvin Jones this week against the Bucks. Kenny Galladay is gone. He is let him off the hook. He's gone. He's not coming back. Jones has topped 100 yards and 25 points. The la uh, Two of the last three, he's received 12 targets in three of his last four, 10-plus targets in four of his last six. The Bucks have allowed 400-yard receivers over the last four games, and they've surrendered the most fantasy points in the NFL to wide receivers. I think the Bucks are susceptible this week, and Jones is sneaky. That guy is sneaky, man. He can get it done, so I'm locking him in. Antonio Brown, he's another one. Going back to that Zeke play there and talking about Pollard on waivers. Antonio Brown may be another guy that's on waivers. So then you're looking at both players and you go, well, if I wait too long on Pollard only to find out Zeke plays, Antonio Brown could be gone. And if Brown is available on waivers, I think he's got a great matchup this week. I'd almost take Antonio Brown and wait and see what happens. And if Pollard does play and you feel that that's a better play, then move later, but at least get somebody that you have an opportunity to grab. But Antonio Brown against the Lions, he bounced back from two single-digit performance. He puts up his best fantasy performance since week 16 of the 2018 season and uh, checks in on the team. Eight receptions, 93 yards, 20 fantasy points, led all the Bucks pass catchers. His targets were tied with Mike Evans and Gronk for the team lead. That's a good sign. The Lions' defense has allowed an average of 50-plus points per game to the wide receiver position over the last two weeks. That's the most in the NFL over that span. They rank top three in receptions and yards surrendered. So I think Brady, if you look at the, I don't know, if you want to look into some stuff, okay, Brady is pissed. 
on Twitter because Tony Dungy said he was the sixth toughest quarterback that he's gone against. So we know Brady. Is he going to hold a little grudge and then air it out against Detroit? Maybe. Who would benefit the most? Antonio Brown, obviously. So I, I think Brown would be a good play this week, too. If he's on waivers, grab him and wait on Pollard. Maybe that would be my best advice there. I, I'd have to lean that direction just to have some ammo coming into this championship game. Next up, I'd have Robbie Anderson against Washington. We talked about DJ Moore, and he came back. Everybody was wondering last week, well, is he going to do anything? He had COVID. He missed games. Is he going to get rhythm with Teddy B right away? And he did. He did. Robbie Anderson, though, not so much. Washington's defense has been a tough, tough matchup for wide receivers this season. Um, Anderson, 21 yards last week. He's had two receiving touchdowns all season. The Washington defense allowing just nine receiving touchdowns to wide receivers this year. That's second fewest in the NFL. And this goes back to what I said. What, what type of game does this ultimately play out as? Mike Davis getting it done with checkdowns and run game, or is it Teddy B's arm? You got to make a decision there. So for me, I would, if I have more and Anderson as choices, I'd lean more for DJ Moore over Anderson. Juju Smith Schuster, he's another guy. I'm going to sit him this week. He's just too, he's too risky. He's always boom or bust. Um, but when I look at the team, Deontay Johnson, he's past Juju as far as the top target getter in the pass game. And then if I look at who's next, it's between Juju and Chase, Claypool. Who does Big Ben prefer more out of those guys? It's it's more Claypool because Claypool is the home run hitter. He's dangerous from anywhere on the field. He can take anything to the house. I'm not saying Juju can't, but Chase is always, he's always locked in. He makes plays. He's more consistent, I think. If you look at the Colts, they've allowed 200 yards per game to the wide receiver position over the last four weeks. That's fourth most in the NFL. But looking at Juju's side, he's averaged less than 31 yards per game over the last five games. To me, it's hard to get behind him and think he's going to come through for you in a championship game in fantasy. I just, I don't trust him. He could go off, but man, the, the body of work tells me otherwise. Um, caution play, maybe a slight caution. It's Corey Davis. We talked about Ryan Tannehill earlier at the quarterback spot, but Corey Davis has looked awesome, obviously, and if you look at him, double digits in eight of his last 10 games. Packers' side of things, that defense is another head-scratcher. They've allowed the eighth-fewest points to wide receivers this season. Since week 12, no second-leading receiver on a team has went past 48 receiving yards against them. When it plays out up here, I'm thinking Jari Alexander shadows A.J. Brown. He's going to have his hands full with them all game. That leaves Davis against Jackson, uh, King, whoever they're going to match him up on. And I think he can get he can get a little of his own in that respect. But like I said, how does the game script go in this one? Is it heavy Derrick Henry and less passing? Why not? Why the hell not? If it's working, they're going to stick to the run. So I think that limits Corey Davis, and that does kind of fit him into that 48 to 50 receiving yards type of game for me. I can kind of see that, but caution. I do like him. I'm not saying you he's not going to come through for you, but caution, caution, caution. Tight ends. We talked about Logan Thomas um, going up against the Panthers. This is like a Ron Rivera revenge game here. Thomas has scored 23 plus points in two of his last three. He's the third highest scoring player at the position since week 12 at like 17, 18 fantasy points a game. 
And more importantly, he's getting 10 targets over the, he's averaged 10 targets over the last three weeks. And since week 10, the Panthers have allowed five receiving touchdowns to opposing tight ends. So I love Thomas. I also love Noah Fant. I know he's a pretty frustrating player at the tight end position, but since week eight, the Chargers have allowed six receiving touchdowns to the tight end position. Darren Waller shredded them. You know, 150 receiving yards the other week. He had 20-plus fantasy points there, and that was fourth most among NFL tight ends. So I think Noah Fant can come through. And who else? Austin Hooper. Yeah, Hooper going against the Jets. He got six targets in that win over the Giants, and uh, that was week 15. He caught five passes, 41 yards, and a TD. To me, if I'm looking at the tight end position and I need somebody, um, I think Hooper's a definite streamer for this week in a championship game. I would have some confidence in him. I think if he, uh, you know, the Jets are, I know they upset the Rams. I think it's more of a mirage. Maybe it's a blip. They peaked right there, and they're going to come back down to earth this week. But uh, Hooper could have a field day this week. Sleeper stuff tough choices because this whole group as a whole stinks. But Cole Komet, last week we talked about, okay, it's a big if, but if the Bears can figure out how to use him consistently, right, is it going to stick? Are they going to do it? Are they going to do it again? Because the week prior, he he was killing it. He had a breakout game. Jimmy Graham snagged a touchdown from him. So what does he do? He disappoints in a big way. He comes back and gets two of two targets for 12 yards. Come on. In the two games prior, 14 targets and just seemed like he was the guy. But this week, he's going to get the Jags. The Jags are terrible. I look at what he did this past week. He played almost every snap. Is it a bounce back spot against the Jags? Possibly. The Jags are giving up the seventh most fantasy points to tight ends <coughs> excuse me and uh to me it's a another tight end streamer caution play gotta go with juju i'm sorry juju jano <coughs> excuse me i gotta go jano apologies my throat is killing me goodness gracious jano smith against the packers He's another one. Hard to trust. I don't know what he's going to do every week. God, he's so frustrating. 9.5 plus points in four of his last five. Ugh. Packers allow the fourth fewest to tight ends. Four touchdowns allowed to the position are tied for fifth fewest in the NFL. So he's got a tough matchup. In the games that Jonu Smith has not scored a touchdown, he averages like five points a game. So it's caution. If you don't have anybody better, you're going to have to roll with them but I'm expecting a five to eight point performance on that if he cannot get into the end zone. So with that said, good luck to you guys this week. I hope you're in it to win it. You got to get the gold. If you don't, hey, like I said, enjoy the journey. At least you got there. It's a successful season considering how crazy 2020 has been. Thank God it's over. I am so glad and ready to get on to 2021. A normal football season fans in the stands, maybe some consistency in fantasy football, which it's hard to come by, getting harder and harder to come by with the NFL parody. And as always, hit me up on Twitter, follow at FantasyWireHQ. Hit me up anytime. I'm going to have some stuff coming for uh, some normal NFL kind of takes here for the playoffs. When they start, we'll see who's in and out. So good luck to you. Let me know how you do and post up on Twitter anytime.
Peace. Yeah, all right, this press conference is over. Go away. I no, it's over, pal. Police, it's over. You are tampering with forces you can't understand. We have major corporations sponsoring this event. You are tuned in to the Fantasy Wire HQ Quick Cast. Today's show is brought to you by Full Time Fantasy, home of the Fantasy Football World Championships. We're also a proud member of the Full Time Fantasy Network. Check them out online at fulltimefantasy.com.